Good morning and welcome to Restoration Church. My name is Nate Gagney and I'm the lead pastor here. And we are a church that is having services today in three different parts of New Hampshire. And uh, by this time next year, we'll be in at least four different parts of New Hampshire and just doing whatever we can to help people to experience Jesus. We don't want people to just be a part of a church service. We want people to meet um, our Lord and Savior Jesus, to have their lives changed by Him. And in our services today, we'll be having water baptisms as we celebrate with people who have made that decision. They've experienced that personally, and now one thing that water baptism is, is, uh, is expressing that publicly. And uh, so you've made a personal decision, but baptism says to the world, I follow Jesus now. And it is a huge step in a person's life. And so I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of, a lot of things to celebrate. Um, I heard this, uh, there's a lot of testimonies to share, but wanted to be able to share one with every location. Uh, I'm not even sure which one to share, but in, in one of the ones happening in our second service, I was uh, told about last week after service, so I was shaking hands in, in the hallway, and uh, um, uh, mom says to me, she's an adult kid, she's there with her grandchildren, and uh, she says, uh, my son's girlfriend is getting water baptized next week. She's over signing up right now. I'm like, oh man, that's amazing. That's so great. And she says, part of her story is really, um, it's really, I don't know, touching. I don't remember exact wording, but so she began to tell me, she said her and her dad had an estranged relationship. So they hadn't talked in, they haven't talked in, a, in a, quite some time. And um, she had begun to come to church with her boyfriend. And uh, anyway, her dad calls her kind of out of the blue, unexpected, and said, hey, I'm going to church now. I want you to come with me. And so it was this awkward moment where she says, um, actually, well, I already go to church. And so I, you know, I go to church with my boyfriend. I'm going to keep going with him. So that was fine. It was, anyway, she, she was glad and excited that her dad came to church. So she comes to church with her boyfriend. And then there's this shocking moment where they, she ends up coming to one of the services and her dad is there in the, in the lobby here in Dover. And, she, and they realize the church her dad invited her to is the same church she's attending. Her dad, her and her dad have both started attending Restoration Church at separate services and never knew it. <laughs> and so they show up at church. That same Sunday, like shock, like, oh, you go to church here? <laughs> yeah, you go to church? So they end up coming and sitting together in a service. Remember, they hadn't really talked to each other in a while. And that was the beginning of the Prodigal God series where we talk about uh, younger brothers coming back to God and just like what a service for them to be reunited. So the dad and his two adult daughters are all being water baptized in the second service here in Dover. Can we put our hands together for... Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the things it says in the Bible is that we have a wonder-working God. And uh, it's not like I wonder when he's working, but it's, it's like he's a miracle-working God. He is always working. And that's just one of the stories happening today uh, in, uh, in just one of the stories. And so, man, we are so excited that you're here today. It is a party followed by a picnic. And, uh, and so, anyway... Um, 
Uh, man, I'm glad you're here. And if you've never been to church before, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. And uh, every week we have people coming for the first time who've never been to church in their lives. And uh, this, is a, this is a place where we want you to come and try to figure out Jesus. Is he who he says he is? Can he actually work in your life? Does he, does he actually care about you? Does he actually love you? And um, we, know, we know what you'll experience when you, when you try to find him. Uh, one of the things Jesus says is, seek and you will find. Seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And so he's not withholding himself from you. He's waiting. It's like a, it's like a big reveal. You know, he's waiting for that moment to say, all right, I'm, I'm it. And that moment changes your life forever. And it happened to me when I was 14. And I've always gone to church. But that moment for me, I was 14 years old. I'll never forget it. So listen, we're glad that you're here. And uh, we've only just begun. Let me, uh, let me talk about church league softball for a second, all right, as we get into the message um, uh, so this will correlate with our entire message, but we had this, uh, uh, speaking of miracles, uh, <laughs> we, we had this game in, uh, in softball uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were just, we were just being beaten badly. By the, by the beginning of the fourth inning, or by the end of the fourth inning, we were losing 20 runs to three, so we were down by 17 runs, which is just pathetic and embarrassing, and it makes you think about retiring, and it makes you wonder, You're like, anyway, it just makes you question, why am, I, why am I here? Why do I exist? What's my purpose in life? And so we ended up, we made a couple of changes, but our team, we just, we, we don't give up. So we just keep trying, just keep trying. And uh, so we ended up, I guess I'll just jump to the end of the story. We ended up winning the game in extra innings, 21 to 20. So we, they went for six innings and didn't score another run, which again is really unheard of. In, uh, you could put up 14 runs in one inning and then zero over six innings. And uh, what happens is when you get in a game like that, and some of you, if you never played, you, you don't understand that because you either always on the championship team or or you don't play any sports, but you end up, you get in these positions where either you're ahead by a lot, and you kind of take your foot off the gas, um, and there's a couple ways to play in sports when you're ahead. You can play trying not to lose, let's just keep our lead, which is what the team we win against was doing, or you can play trying to win, and they're very different ways of playing and, uh, and you maybe have recognized this, you've watched a Super Bowl where the Patriots came back against another team from, from a lot. You end up, in football, it's called the prevent defense. And he's always talking, don't go into the prevent defense. Keep blitzing, keep attacking, keep trying to score. No lead is safe. And we, we can get that from our point of view, just even in our life. You can... Uh, one of our core values here at our church is keep moving forward, and, and it's that same idea. God has, ha, God has more for us. No matter what setback we face, we keep moving forward toward the promises God has for us in the call that he's called us to. We don't ever give up on that because the moment you stop moving forward is the moment you start, you, you start stopping, and God hasn't called us into a retirement, into a lounge chair calling, but he's called us into something much more than that. And in your life, you can play to win or you can play trying not to lose. 
And, um, and one of the things that Jesus talked about is something even far different than all of that. And what he teaches us as people who are following him is even, is even dramatically different than that. He is teaching us that, uh, and he taught this numerous times, and I'll, I'll have you, we're going to read it together. Begin to grab your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter 16. Jesus, numerous times he taught this principle and this statement that we're looking at today, and it's, it's this perplexing idea. When you first look at it, it's like, what in the world does that mean? The hundredth time you look at it, it can really feel the same way. What is Jesus trying to tell us? I don't get this. I don't understand this. And when, when we begin to uh, try to understand and really get what is Jesus telling us through this, we begin to see one of the things Jesus is teaching is if you want to win, if you want to win, you have to lose. And Jesus is teaching this principle, winning by losing, which again, that's crazier than t-ball rules. And what in the world are you trying to say, Jesus? So Matthew chapter 16, there's a few things going on before the part we're about to read. First thing that happens is um, Jesus, he's, he's with his disciples. There's 12 guys that he's training and leading, and he's spending um, the, almost all of his time with, other than the time he's isolated and, and in prayer. And he is telling them what's about to happen. He's saying, hey, listen, it's coming up in, in the next, next couple weeks. We're going to be going to Jerusalem, and I want to prepare you guys in advance for what's going to happen. When we get to Jerusalem, the, uh, the religious leaders are going to kill me, and uh, I want you to know that. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be persecution for you. Uh, there's going to be very difficult days ahead. I know there's crowds now and people following now and people enjoying the benefit of the ministry now. They like the healings. They like the miracles. But in just a few weeks, it's all going to be turned around and they're all going to turn on us. And, and then he begins to even t tell them um, and to show them really how great he is. And he says, listen, they're going to kill me, but three days later, I'll come back to life and we'll continue what we started. And this is the uh, famous part of scripture where Peter speaks up and he says, this will never happen, Jesus. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, get away from me, Satan, which is kind of dramatic. Satan's a, another name for the devil, if you're not familiar. He says, get away from me, Satan. Just, I mean, we don't even talk to your wife like that, but here's Jesus saying this to his closest follower. And it, because it's a dramatic thing, Jesus knew he had to move forward in these things so we could celebrate water baptisms one day. He knew he had to, he had to move forward in these things so that families could be reunited. He knew he had to move, move forward in these things so that you and I could be forgiven for the things that we did when we were one and a half to the things, our, our parents, that we could be forgiven of the sin that we're born with and we could be freed from it. He knew he had to do this, and so it was a huge temptation for him to not walk through it. And so Peter was, uh, he, without even knowing it, was bringing temptation to Jesus and saying, don't do it. We'll help you. We'll help you. We'll make it so this doesn't have to happen. Let's just not go to Jerusalem. And Jesus, even on the night uh, after, the night just hours before he was arrested, he was praying to God, God, if there's any way 
that if there's any other plan that we could go through that I don't have to walk through what's about to happen over the next day. Let's do that plan. And he said, but not my will, but your will. And he surrendered his life for, for you and for me and for the will of the Father that we could be reunited with him. So after that thing, get away from me, Satan, Jesus goes into reading, or he, go, he didn't read it. He goes into speaking what we're about to read. So it's Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. We're going to read a couple of verses here, then we'll highlight just one. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what, you, and, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? What do you get if you gain the whole world but lose your own life? Is anything worth more than your own life? These three verses are all very famous. If you've been a part of church, you'll, you'll, uh, you've heard these likely before. And if this is the first time you've heard them today, you'll hear them again. Because it's, it helps us to put into context our life helps us to remind ourselves what's more, what's more, what are the most important things to me. But Jesus here is teaching this principle, verse number 25, winning by losing. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to win in your life, you'll lose it. If you just try to win, you're, you're, you're not going to achieve any of the things that you hope for. You're going to lose your own life. You're going to lose your own soul. But if you give up your life, if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, then you'll save it. It's in losing our life, giving up our life, and taking up the life that Jesus has for us, where then truly we find that life. If you want to win, if you want to win at life, you must lose. What Jesus is teaching here is part of a bigger part of our life called discipleship. Discipleship or being a disciple of Jesus, because even those of us in here have made the decision to follow him, we, we should consider ourselves disciples. That's just a, a, a fancy word for saying learners and people who've decided to follow Jesus. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, you are part of, you are a disciple and you're part of that discipleship process. And this decision that we make to give up our life and to pursue the life he has for us, this is a daily decision for us. And it's really different for every single one of us because the things that God will call you to lay down in the pursuit of him could be different than the things he calls me to do. And, but it is important that we say, all right, Jesus, I'm making this decision to follow you. And whatever it is that you call me to lay down, whatever it is that you call me to give up, I will do it. And it's a difficult thing because the things that he asks us to lay down most of those things are, honestly, they can be things that we like. And that is where it's such a struggle. Because we have to make this decision, Jesus, am I really following you? Or am I just adding you as an accessory to my life? Am I really trusting you with my entire life? Or do I just like the band at church? Am I really willing to follow you to death? Or am I just following you as long as it's convenient for me? One of the stories 
in the Bible that's recorded, it says there was a rich young man. He was a leader. He, was a, he had a lot of authority, and he came to Jesus, and he, and he said to Jesus, how do I follow you? What do I need to do to follow you? And Jesus told that young man, sell everything you have and come follow me. And it, it doesn't really say if the guy ever made that decision, uh, but it only says he really kind of left dejected. Like, oh, man, everything? He didn't, he didn't ask anybody else to do that. He hasn't asked you to do that. I don't think he hasn't asked me to do that. But he asked that young man, all right, you really want to follow me? What's more important to you? All of your stuff? Your possessions? Or, or, or do you truly really want to follow me? They asked him to lay that down. I remember a few years ago, we had a guy who had been coming to our church for uh, probably almost a year, and he was not a Christian, um, and didn't try to pretend to be a Christian, but loved coming, loved hanging out with you guys, and, uh, and really was beginning, it was, started to get really interested in Jesus, and what, he was reading his Bible, and, um, uh, and you know, and, and really trying to figure out. And I remember sitting with him at, it wasn't a picnic in the parking lot, but it was a similar type of event. We were sitting at the same table. We were just talking about his, about his life. And he began to ask me questions about when I made the decision to follow Jesus. And so I just began to talk to him about it. And, and then he, 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 he began to tell me his problem. He's, and, he, and, um, and so this was what God was speaking to him about. So he began to talk to me really openly at the table, and he said, listen, I, I know if I follow Jesus that, that I'm, that I'm going like, to like it. I can see through what he's done in your life, through the people in the church's lives, through my friends who invited me. I can see who he is, how much he cares about me, how much he wants me to follow him. I see that, and I, do, and I want that. But I know that when I make the decision to follow him, that in order to make the decision to follow him, then I'm going to have to end the relationship with my boyfriend, and I'm not ready to do that. So how, and, and it was this question he was asking me, how do I know it will be worth it? And I said, listen, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how that will be worth it. The only thing I know from my life is that when God speaks to me and calls me and, and asks me to do something, I've never regretted that. I've never regretted any of those decisions. So it was more conversation, and, and it, was this, it was this thing. He said, if I was miserable in my life, it would be really easy to follow Jesus. But I really like my life. And so I just have a heart. I, I know both lie. I know following Jesus will be good, but I have a hard time believing it will be better than I have. And, and, I, was, I, and I spoke honestly. I'm like, it might not be better. You're going to experience heartbreak. You're going to experience loneliness. Um, it, 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 it won't be easier for you, at least maybe not initially. It's not going to seem like all of a sudden you make this decision to follow Jesus and everything is perfect. And uh, no, it's a, it's a difficulty. It's going to be a difficult for that rich young ruler to sell all of his stuff and to follow Jesus. I mean, he loves his stuff. But what Jesus, again, what we see here is that if you give up your life, if you give up your plans, your hopes, your wants, and, and give them to Jesus, Jesus, 
If you'll make the decision to follow Jesus, you will experience things in him you will never experience otherwise. You'll, you'll experience a, a, a deep satisfaction. You'll experience a deep joy. You'll experience life in a way that lets you know what's happening here on earth is just a shadow. It's just an upside down of a greater life that he has for us. One of the things that we believe here about earth is uh, earth is it, not, for right now, it's not our permanent dwelling place. There's a life after this one. There's an eternity after this one. And earth, for the people who follow Jesus, it is as close to hell as you'll ever experience. But earth, for people who don't follow Jesus, it is as close to heaven as you'll ever experience. And the one thing we know, this daily, this earth reminds us we don't belong here. When I, I've got an ear infection that I've had for the last couple of weeks that doesn't seem to want to go away. It reminds me of how great heaven will be. You know, when it's not 99 with 100 degree humidity outside and, uh, and you can go swimming and not get ear infections and you don't have to keep putting chlorine in your pool. It's just going to be beautiful, crystal clear water. And uh, it reminds us this earth is not perfect. Our life is not perfect, but our Savior is and our eternity will be. It's reminding us. So we end up now, like the rich young ruler, like the, the, like the guy who was attending our, our, our church, like you here this morning, like the people who are being baptized at the place where we say, will I give up my life? If you're going to give up your life, I want you to write down these three things, because here's how you do it. It's not, it's not an easy thing, but this will set you in the right direction. And if you've been following Jesus for a long time, there's still things that God's going to call you away from. He's going to call you to give up in your pursuit of him. First thing we give up, we give up trying to save ourselves. And, uh, and, uh, and this, is, this is really important. You give up trying to be good enough. I'll just be good enough, be good enough, act nice enough. God will see that, he'll recognize that, and then he'll take care of me. Well, being good, you can't be good enough. That's one of the things that the Bible tries to teach us. But what happens is people live so long trying to be good enough, and they realize, you know what, I can't be good enough. And instead of, uh, of, and instead of giving up being good enough, they just, being, they just give in to being terrible. And I saw this bumper sticker this week when I was driving around. It said, uh, I already know I'm going to hell. At this point, it's go big or go home. And there's someone who says, you know what? I ain't never going to make it to heaven, so I'm just going to live as terrible as I want to. And we experience that. You experience that with even religious people who've tried so hard to follow all the religious rules. And then at some point, whether, whether it's when they're 18 or, or when they're 30 or when they're 50 or when they're 70, they just say, I give up. I'm going to live however I want to now. Because those were people who were trying to save themselves. But we don't have to do that. We give up trying to save ourselves, and we realize Jesus forgives. I don't have to make up for all the wrong things I've done. I just ask him to forgive me. That's, that's one of the ways what is so much better and so much greater. We give up searching for the next best thing. It's always, a it's always a challenge. I don't know if you're, um, uh, I, I can get, uh, I, pretty, I, I can get um, 
uh, like a deer in the headlights when I'm going to buy something because I'm afraid there's going to be a better deal. Like I better check every 50 stores, you, you know, and check clearance and check Amazon because I don't want to have to pay $10 more for something. But then, or, and, and so I'm always like looking for a deal. And, but we, we're always thinking the next best thing. All right, well, what if I commit to Jesus, but there's, some, there's something better than him? What if I commit to marrying this girl or this guy, but there's someone better than him or her? What if I commit to this job, but I get another job elsewhere? What if I, what if I start to follow Jesus, but then I miss all these parties? And you have to give up trying to find the next best thing. And part of faith and part of trust is saying, there is no one better than him. He's king of kings, lord of lords, god of all gods, and, and he is, and to say, I will find nothing better, no one better, nothing greater, no one greater. And maybe the person who invited you today could share that, could, share, could, could um, uh, uh, give a testimony to that. Say, yeah, I found that true. I lived my whole life chasing after whatever I wanted. But when I found Jesus, I found what I needed. The last thing that we give up is that we give up predictable. We just, you know, we just want to know what's happening. We just like our plan. To say, well, I'm going to follow Jesus now. I don't know what that looks like. It's a dramatic thing. Jesus said it's as if you've been born again. You have a whole new life to learn. And I just don't want that. I like my problems. I like, I like, you know, I like my dysfunction. I like my sin. And um, I, at least I know that. To try to get healing, to try to believe for a miracle, to try to follow him, I don't know what that's going to look like. And so I just want to keep what's predictable. But I just invite you to give up your life, to give up predictable. In John chapter 8, 23, Jesus says something, uh, I'm reading out of the message translation, but he says something that I think is absolutely amazing here. Jesus said, you're tied down to the mundane. I'm in touch with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms of what you see and touch. I'm living on other terms. And Jesus is re he's revealing himself to to his disciples, to us, why are you tying yourself down to this earth, to this life? I live far beyond this galaxy, far beyond your time, far beyond this, uh, far beyond your limitations. Why don't you jump into what I have for you? What, you know, what you can experience through me and this it's a part of following Jesus that's an adventure. When those 12 disciples, some of them were fishermen, some of them were tax collectors, they were just guys that work in a job. Work to pay the bills, to pay your rent so you can work. And, you know, it's just the, just the cycle of life. So boring. No, no matter how many trips you go on, it's the same thing. Um, and it's just living to work to pay the bills. It's just there's got to be something more than this, and that is one of the things that, that Jesus is inviting, inviting us into. And give up your mundane. 
experience him. So he goes on to say, give up your life for my sake in verse number 25. And we do that. We give up all those things, but we make the decision. You know what? I'm deciding today. I'm deciding again. I'm deciding for the first time. I'm following you, Jesus. And that could be people who've never been to church before and say, you know what? This is it. I need to make a decision. Like the people being baptized have made that decision to know you. I'm just giving you my whole life, everything in it. Maybe you've just been playing church, and, uh, and so you're making that decision. You know what? It's not even about you, Jesus. I'm just, I'm just going through motions. I'm just, uh, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even following you. I'm just doing the same things I always do. We pray this prayer, your ways, not my ways, God. I don't want to just do, I don't want to just live my own life. I want to live the life you have for me. I don't just want to go my own way. I want to go the way you have for me. We heard last week, last week we had a guest speaker, um, uh, uh, American Ninja Warrior Daniel Gill was here. He spoke in service. And he talked about his own story. And he, and he, he talked and it really connected to this. One of the things he said in there was, uh, you know, he, he'd just gone to church um, his mom made the decision to start going back to church after they had a bunch of kids, and so he just went with his mom and just went and always believed, but just it was just it, it was just a belief. I believe there's a God. And most people you meet would kind of experience the same thing. But for him, what changed in his life was when he was, uh, when he was a teenager, and he said, I am making, I'm giving you my whole life, God, everything. All my dreams, all my abilities, uh, all my talents, all my problems. I'm giving you my whole life. I'm not just going to believe in you. I am now going to be yours. Use me however you see fit. And for God, it seemed fit to put him on the platform of American Ninja Warrior that he could speak in churches and speak to kids and, and share, his, share his relationship of Jesus with them in that way. But what is it for you? What is it for you? What is it going to be for you to say, you know what? I'm going to win by losing. I'm going to gain the life that Jesus has for me by laying down the life that I tried to make for myself. I'm going to give up trying to save myself. I'm going to receive the forgiveness that he has for me. I'm going to give up the mundane and the predictable to pursue him and to follow him in places I've never been before. I'm going to give up searching for the next best thing and trying to find something to take care of this pain going on in my heart and I'm just going to give him even all of my problems and let him um, heal me and change me and forgive me. What's it going to be for you? If you close your eyes, I want to just take a moment to pray for you before we move into baptisms. Jesus, there's all kinds of different people in our services today. Some who walked away from you because they thought they found something better than you, but they realize now, no, they need you. But they're not sure if you'll receive them back. I just pray, God, that they'll, they'll give up that insecurity and just come back to you. We know from different places in the Bible what happens when we come back to you is you throw a party, you celebrate, 
you're so excited. Pray that they will that they will come back to you, allow you to work in their life again. God, for those in here who've never made a decision to follow you, but right now it's just and they're just confident. I, I need you, Jesus. I, I want to follow you, Jesus. If they'd make that decision in their heart right now, they would confess their sin to you. None of us are perfect. We all have a uh, we all have sin. So they just they just confess that they're a sinner too, and they need forgiveness. They believe that you're God's son, and they they'd ask you to take their life. They give you their life. And that simple prayer changes everything in our life. And I pray they make that decision right now. For those in here who maybe just found themselves in the mundane of religion, just seem to be going to church and going home and that's it. Man, I just pray you speak to them. Show them your calling again. And I pray they, they just immediately obey you when you speak to them that they begin to live this adventure again helping people, praying for people being generous to people believing for miracles seeing miracles call them out of mundane religion and call them into a life in the spirit, a life following you, Jesus we love you Jesus and we thank you for every testimony that we're hearing today in our baptisms we thank you for uh, the ability we have to have a picnic after and to celebrate together and be a church family. We thank you for every new member, every old member, and every coming member um, to the family of God. And uh, thank you for what you've done in our life. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.